This is my very brief introduction to Season 4 of Positivity Strategist. My topic for this season is appreciative embodying. And I'm framing this season of between 8 and 12 shows. I'm not too sure yet how many. I'm framing it as an inquiry or a search into the topic of embodying, specifically appreciative embodying. And I confess I don't know much about it and I want to learn more. And so in this brief introduction, I'll give you the why, why this topic and how I plan to proceed with conversations with those who might know something about it. In a nutshell, I'm curious about uh, the relationship between awareness and action, you know, awareness of something and then how we take action. And I'm keen to explore how when we see from the wholeness of who we are, we embark on a generative process. I'm Robin Stratton-Burkessel and I'm the host of this show and you're listening to Positivity Strategies and it's episode 117. If you type in positivitystrategist.com slash PS117, you'll find links to resources that I talk about in the show. And you can also subscribe to the show from there. So if you're not already a subscriber, you might like to do that. I've been hosting this show since 2014, and it's changed over five years. We went from experimental beginnings to burning out and then taking a break to coming back in a new format based on seasons. And season two was about appreciative voice and choice with my co-host Sally Lee. And season three was about appreciative leading. And now season four, I'm curious about appreciative embodying. Now, as I go about my life, Oftentimes I know what I want and why, but I lack the how, that is, the process or the steps or the practice. So take this new topic, appreciative embodying. I want to explore what it means to be more in my body and what, how that shows up. And I want to embrace the wholeness of being alive and in relationship to be able to pay greater attention to all that I experience, both the good and the bad, and how I might respond with grace and ease and joy. So in this show, I'm talking to other practitioners to learn from them, from researchers and authors, from therapists and artists and business leaders. What are they discovering and learning and teaching that might offer us more insights into this topic of appreciative embodying. For me right now, it's about a consciousness and a practice. It's going to involve unlearning, relearning, creating, taking steps, body movement, novelty, creating novelty for ourselves. Um, And talking of novelty, you know that one of the ways to keep our brain healthy and active is to increase novelty in our lives. And that comes from moving in new ways, taking new routes when we're walking or driving, 
reading new things, anything to refresh, renew, reinvigorate, re-enliven, re-imagine, re-energize. And that's why I took up improv. And at some point, I'm going to talk to you about my improv experience. It's awesome. Now, just as an example, another example on novelty, I just came in from a walk and I took a slightly different route and some new ideas came to me. I get bored pretty easily and at school my report cards would often say Robin would do better if she concentrated more. I was reprimanded for just daydreaming, looking out that window and daydreaming and I still daydream. And I think that's why I love walking so much. I'm just able to be lost in my imagination and whatever comes up. Anyway, back to introducing this season. It's my big wish that the conversations will be about how to value our bodies and the integration of mind, body and spirit and how to do more with greater intentionality and joy. It's moving from that view that the mind is one thing, the body another thing and the spirit yet a third. I become very curious during my self-imposed sabbatical over the last four months about embodiment and what it is and how do we live that way with grace. And my curiosity started with the question, how do we embody appreciation and positivity? Because these are the two areas that I focus on in the work that I do. And the more I started to look into it, the more excited I got and the more I realized that I didn't know very much. And then I began to remember all the trainings I'd had and all the choices I've made, the relationships I've had, the work that I've done. And there was a lot in all of that that I might now refer to as embodiment work. I was embodying all of this stuff in my past without having that level of consciousness. So my inquiry expanded to how do we live fully embodied lives? So here's a full confession. I live in my head. I've always lived in my head. And that's what I'm changing. Yes, I've always been very physical as well and active my entire life. And I'm fully aware how enlivened I am when and after my body's been active and moving in space. I know about the endorphins giving me a high after really good physical activity. I was an aerobic instructor for a number of years. I worked in gyms and in community centers and I I offered um, classes to businesses at lunchtime and after work. The intention then was to improve fitness and to develop healthier, a healthier lifestyle. It was around the topic of quality of life. And so over time, I discovered that it's not only about the activity It's also about stillness. It's a both and for me because I'm also a meditator and I'm aware how mindfulness practices impact our bodies in relationship to our thoughts and emotions. And I love it when my body is still and I'm feeling my heart and my chest rising and falling and my abdomen rising and falling and my breathing and my breath as it enters and leaves the nostrils. And I know that sensation of a, of a cool breeze on my 
clammy skin as I walk in the shade of the cool oak trees in summer here in Florida. (laughs) In this season, I invite my guests to talk about where they're at on this topic of embodiment. Some practice and teach embodiment. Others have been conducting research and written on the topic. Others are playing with it. And others just have a really good sense that it's very important to develop a deeper and more loving relationship with our bodies, how our thoughts and our feelings show up in our bodies. That really matters. And we can learn so much from them, that is, our bodies. So what are the practices that we can become aware of and make part of our daily life? What might work in the different contexts? whether that's at home with our families or at work, whether we're in a leadership role or a team member, or in your community, whatever you that is for you, how you define that. It could be a professional community or a sports group or a faith-based group. Now, this topic came to me at a time when I was feeling out of sorts. I was sick. I'd become ill while on vacation in Europe. I lost my energy in all parts of my being, my body, my mind, my spirits were totally off and I had no energy or interest in anything and I was feeling somewhat directionless. Four weeks in bed led to another four weeks of doing as little as possible. And as we moved into peak summertime here, it was very hot in my part of the world and I felt somewhat justified with my state of inertia because it was a season for rest and recreation. That's what I told myself. And I read a lot. And I caught up in fiction. And that was a real treat for me. So as I began to feel more alive, I began to start to worry about responsibilities that I had abandoned. And this podcast was one of them. I really didn't know if I'd continue and I felt really bad because that, because just before the end of the last season, season three, I'd started a Patreon account and I had three lovely patrons. And also about halfway through my time of illness, I received notice that I'd been awarded funding to produce 10 shows in collaboration with a research and educational institute in my field. And I was really, really thrilled and felt very honored by that. Yet... I still felt bad at the same time because here I was in this frozen state. Anyway, it's over. It's over. And now I'm back with great excitement about this season on the topic of embodiment. And the next season, season five, will be in collaboration with the Institute. And I'm going to say more about that in future episodes. So, to the topic, where does appreciative embodying fit with this personal, my personal story of illness and how did I deal with it, my my state of uncertainty and passivity during those four months? Well, I actually listened to my body. For four weeks in bed, I really didn't have much choice, yet as I began to regain my physical strength ever so slowly 
I still had this mental confusion, which was more about experiencing um, a lack of certainty and confidence. It was an uncomfortable feeling and it was puzzling to me. Why was I in this state of hesitation? I was reading heaps, I'd begun to conceive of different ways forward, and I could just couldn't make a decision about which way to go. I talked to some trusted buddies about this passivity that I was experiencing, and it didn't shift me immediately. I just stayed like a blob, ruminating and feeling very unwilling to move in any direction. But the interesting thing for me is, in fact, I was most understanding. I allowed it to take over my life and I reasoned that it was summertime and it was hot and many people take breaks and I needed this downtime. I truly believe that. I developed a compassion for myself and treated myself with kindness. I focused on reading, on walking, on supporting my husband and his business. I'd lost my appetite to do my own thing. And even though I had a huge commitment to it, and I knew it was a value, I just couldn't get my mojo back. So I started to inquire more into self-compassion and self-kindness. And that's how this topic of appreciative embodying emerged for me. And during this time, I was reminded of the presencing work of Otto Sharma and Arawana Hayashi. I was first introduced to it in 2004 when I did a workshop with the Authentic Leadership Institute in collaboration with the Shambhala tradition of Buddhism. And I wasn't aware that I was learning practices of embodying at that time even as I went through the movements that we were experiencing and I moved my body in one activity and then molded Play-Doh or Plasticine in another activity to discover from, to discover what wanted to emerge from within me and what was coming from my innermost being. That was beautiful work and it's known as the you theory Um, Many of you will be familiar with that and the beautiful book Presence, which um, and there'll be a link to that on the show notes, of course, among these other things. But I began to think back on all these experiences and the fortune I'd had um, and, and really learning about practices of embodiment. And I can look back and interpret my illness over the summer as a time where I let go all right, albeit unintentionally, and sometimes that's just meant to happen. And months later, I let come that which wanted to emerge. And it was my body that gave me very strong signals to go deep before I could emerge again and begin to envision what else is possible and embody the new, what my body wanted to bring forth in collaboration with my mind and my spirit.
And as I continued my inquiry into appreciative embodying, I began to remember other activities or events in my life that at the time I experienced just at the outer level and only now am I appreciating them as experiences of inner embodying work. For example, back in Australia, I worked for many years with a company that included an outdoor adventure component in their leadership development programs. An experienced outbound firm designed challenging activities for the participants in the bush with the goal of identifying leaders, you know, who would emerge as leaders in these group activities. And at the same time, the intention was to work on team building. So leadership and team building. And I'm sure many of you have heard of kind of those activities to do just that. So after the strenuous and exhausting work of problem solving in the bush, we would debrief um, after the activity was over and they usually lasted for like half a day. We debriefed those learnings that came out of these experiences and there was this emphasis on winning and competition, yet it was the collaborations and the relationship, the relational aspects that we wanted to emphasize. And we did, and people got it. And as I look back, maybe as facilitators, or I speak for myself, as one of the facilitators, I could have done a better job of bringing into the open all of what was going on inside, you know, that inner dialogue, that inner game um, that worked or didn't work to achieve the outcomes of the outdoor activity. You know, what were the conversations? What was the self-talk that was going on? What were the conversations? And how did leadership and team work actually show up in the body with the actions? And people considered those to be successful for them. And what lasted? I have a third memory I want to share with you. And that is about my visits to Peace Village, a tranquil retreat center in Tannersville, upstate New York, run by the spiritual community, the Brahma Kumaris. And the essential spirituality of the Brahma Kumaris, the BK, is to spark deeper reflection on the subtle inner terrain that holds the solutions for many outer maladies. And it's that gentleness of being that's enhanced. And when you're at a BK Centre, you experience holistic practices that feed the mind, the body and the spirit in a beautiful, natural setting. And so we have long breaks in between classes. So we have time to walk the trails, to be in nature we practice Tai Chi before breakfast. We can join in group meditations. We can meander in the labyrinth, allowing my one's busy brain to unravel. And all of this, of course, is voluntary. You're not required to do anything. You do what, what calls you, what moves you. And when you're in this beautiful natural landscape, I don't know about you, but for me, my body begins to soften and slow down. And the nervous system, 
quietens. It's as if our bodies let us know what we need in such a letting go process or environment. And it might be that you get very tired and you need to sleep or you need to sit there and daydream and maybe just let the warm sun penetrate your body. I used to feel very present and at one with the ground, the warm earth around me and the soft grasses and see the trees and the blue sky and the soft clouds. It's a beautiful context to quieten one's busy mind and feel the response of the body. It was a beautiful exploration. I cherish those times and just say that we know that nature, and it's documented lots of research out there that says that nature is a powerful mirror of what you're experiencing at the time and gives you some kind of signal as to what you might be ready for. And it can happen in a playful way as well. Just letting go so you allow something to come. So I'm curious, as I've been reflecting and being very personal about this introduction to this particular season on appreciative embodying, um, I'm curious to know how it's resonating with you. How do you know what's good and true and beautiful and helpful? What are your practices? What are your aspirations for this? How conscious and aware are you of this integration and alignment between mind, body and spirit. And so I do hope that you are curious and that you will choose to join me in this season of appreciative embodying. So if you choose to do that, please visit our show notes page and that is positivitystrategist.com slash PS117 and you'll get links to some of the names I've mentioned And there you can also sign up to get notified when new episodes go live and that's going to be on a weekly basis. And also I invite you to add your thoughts and experiences and your practices at the bottom of the page. I'm hugely excited about this new adventure and I look forward to hearing and seeing what shows up for you. 